Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos, and I am here with a super nitty-gritty solo pod on something that we've been working on for the last couple months. So we recently started what's referred to as an ISA team, ISA standing for independent sales agent, because uh, I'll get into this. We had some challenges with uh, the third-party alternatives that are currently available on the market, and we really wanted to just wave a magic wand and have control over a situation where clients uh, didn't have the ability to book appointments by themselves and have something that could be done consistently and get good results as far as booking demos for our clients. So um, yeah, as far as kind of the use case here, so we work with firms, and this is specific to our you know estate planning webinar offer. We work with firms that range from solos all the way to pretty large, you know, seven figure, eight figure firms as well. So this challenge wasn't really in place for a lot of the larger firms, as you can imagine. But for a situation with a solo or a small firm, for example, where you are either the person who is responsible for following up with the people that were responding to the marketing, or you had a shared resource uh, in the office, or it was somebody that was helping you out in fulfillment. We had a situation where when you started getting the leads, it was super exciting and people could follow up. But as soon as you have consults booked and work to actually fulfill on, which is obviously the goal and the success of any marketing problem, the follow up was usually the thing that would go by the wayside the first, right? And also looking into this kind of made sense because what we have as a result of this program is something that's pretty unique in the legal world when you really think about it. So we've had some fantastic people who are intake experts on the show before. I've got to say Gary Falco, it's one of my personal favorites, but most of the advice that's coming in and most of the services that are coming in as far as intake is concerned is really, you know, it's, it's called intake for a reason. So inbound calling. So this is also tied to the way that marketing has been done for the most part in legal for, you know, as long as digital has been around. So basically, or I guess even pre-digital, if you're thinking about billboards and yellow pages and that kind of stuff. So you wait until somebody has an, a challenge and they're going to call a number. So the scripting is all geared around somebody who already has an active need. Now to flip it, and this is a reality that hasn't been around for a super long time. But when you think about stuff like form fills, when you think about stuff like Facebook lead ads, when you think about people downloading an ebook or attending a webinar, that kind of thing, we have a situation where somebody has absolutely opted in, but how you're going to bridge that gap isn't by waiting them to make a call. And in practice, most of the programs that I've seen where people are forcing or waiting for somebody to show up, really, really hard to make money on that because most people won't go out of their way to make a decision, right? And that's just you know something I've accepted about human psychology, but something that we can work around. So essentially, what we have to do for that kind of a lead is not inbound, it's outbound. And outbound doesn't really have a precedent in the legal space. It has precedence in all other areas. But the reason why it isn't in the legal space is that if you were to pick up the phone book and just start dialing names, that would get you disbarred. That's solicitation. You can't do it. So it's absolutely kosher to follow up with people that have opted in and have, you know, with the appropriate disclosures and all that kind of thing. But it's something that there isn't a huge precedent for out in the legal market. So we found ourselves in a bind. Yeah, this has been something that's, uh, you know, over a year in the making. And we were actually around this time last year, we were looking into third party solutions for this. And what we found for a lot of them was that third party doesn't do outbound point blank period. We found a handful of situations that were okay with doing it. They 
But the challenge that we had with them was that we couldn't have a consistent agent. And a lot of the ways that some of these third-party fulfillment, uh, as far as the intake goes, is that you have a, a, a pool of agents and they are all qualified. They're all really good, but you know, it's it's there's never going to be a situation where you're going to have the same person. So from what we saw, a lot of the stuff with outbound, the stakes are a little bit lower. Um, there's a little less salesmanship required on getting somebody to book an appointment because when it's coming from a Google ad or a billboard or you name it, they've already decided, hey, this is something that I need. Uh, and there's a little bit more work to get somebody to that point and you have to structure the offer in a certain way and there's a script and blah, 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 blah. So anyways, we had situations and the first time, this is actually kind of funny. So if I can think back to March of last year, uh, we had situations where we had a third-party fulfillment and we had fantastic results on the first day. And I thought, oh my God, this is the best. We've got it cracked. We've got the marketing. <laughs> the fulfillment is going to be taking uh, you know, those leads and turning them to appointments on the calendar. We've just, you know, we've just hit the we've just hit the mother load here. But um, we were kind of quickly disappointed when the, you know, subsequent days did not turn out the same way. And that's because we got great results from some agents, we got poor results in other agents, and overall just wasn't consistent to the point where it made sense to direct a pretty significant marketing spend towards people that we couldn't trust could close the gap, right? And another thing too that we've seen also is um, non-native English speakers. I don't have anything against non-native English speakers uh, in general. We do have people in our company that are non-native English speakers, but I don't have them in customer-facing roles. And especially with the kind of law that we were talking about, trust in the states, um, a lot of the times people have an expectation of very you know white glove service. A lot of these people are very wealthy, and it doesn't really—it's not a great look if even if it's not what you're doing. If you appear to be cutting corners by hiring people from you know the third world, that kind of thing too. And the last thing that was kind of an issue is that basically we can really get anyone to commit to our process, right? And a lot of the times too, it's not like an overwhelming amount of work that needs to be done. And generally we're recommending people call before lunch and before the end of the day, just to have the best chance of getting in touch with somebody that might only be, you know, three, four hours a week, right? The truth is if you have somebody that you're only hiring for three or four hours per week, chances are they have, uh, you know, just, just assuming a full workload, nine other people like that, right? So we couldn't have a situation where the other nine people were running different scripts. So we just decided to take it in-house. So anyways, uh, that ended up being the decision and we ended up having a fantastic first hire forward who, and we have, you know, got a process that's ironed out where we've been able to really, really repeatably scale people up. And basically this is kind of how we ended up getting it to work. If it's something that you guys are interested in getting in incorporated into your own thing again you, this isn't <laughs> this isn't a whole, this isn't meant to be a pitch on something that we do because it only applies to a very specific kind of lawyers but if you are hiring somebody to take care of your appointment setting for you this is going to apply for you right so anyway a couple things that we've made an absolute need for anyone who's coming into the program the first thing is we need to make sure that the intake is all or nothing if we have a situation where somebody expresses interest in the offer or the firm, we need to make sure that there is 100% some person that is responsible for taking that next call, right? The whole principle here is we don't want to have a diffusion of responsibility because as I've gone over in a lot of previous podcasts, every hour that we wait on getting back to a lead, obviously the chance of contacting them goes down less. So just to make it easy, 100%, if a lead comes in, it has to be responsible for the person who is the ISA, right? The other thing too is that we want to have that person focused exclusively on setting appointments. So we're not going to have them doing admin work. We're not going to have them doing collections, that kind of thing. It's only about setting appointments and confirming appointments. So they're really geared up and tuned for that, you know, not 
to say sales conversation, but you know, that next step conversation just really geared to get people to that consultation. Um, another thing super important, we need to make sure that the calls are being recorded. Now, this is something that I've, I've uh, recommended in previous podcasts as well. But as far as getting process ironed out, we need to be able to coach people on what's working and what's not working. So if you don't have uh, recording calls, it's really going to be hard to get this to work. Next thing on the list, we need to make sure that we're having the calendaring function totally automated. Now, one of the things, and <laughs> this is kind of an interesting roadblock with some of the first clients that we had, was uh, we had a couple instances where people were really into having a paper calendar and in their office. Now, this is something that if you have a full-time staff member that's physically present in your office, it makes sense. Well, you know, I'll go walk by Jan's calendar and see what he has going on. But, you know, obviously this is going to be distributed. So that's not a reality, right? And personally, I don't think a paper calendar is the best way to do things anyway. So if this is something that forces you to get with the times, I think it's probably for the best. An automated calendar and having the discipline around that. And basically what I mean by that is making sure that if you're going to be out of the office, if you need to pick up the kids, if you need to go to the gym, if you're just taking the day off, you need to make sure that's blocked off on your calendar. So you don't realize, oh my God, I have to take this call. And I was supposed to be in the airport at that time. So setting up an automated calendar and having the discipline to have that automated calendar reflect what's actually going on is going to make sure that you don't have situations where you're double booked or you have, you know, just a call that you have to take at a time that you're not available. So corollary to this is the more availability that you make, the more money you're going to make, right? So sometimes people have these things where like, oh yeah, well, I only want to take calls at between noon and one on Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> and first of all, that's going to limit the amount of consultations that you can possibly have in a week. But basically it's going to be less likely because you know you want to take it during lunch. Well, what if you have somebody who doesn't want to take a call during lunch? Well, then you're screwed. You're either going to have to have a situation where you're having a back and forth with the agent about when the time works. And overall, if you have less availability, it's chances are that you're going to be booked up farther. And like we said before, time kills all deals. The more availability you have, the sooner you're going to be able to schedule people and the more likely it is that they're going to be to close. I know ultimately, you know, I know there's, there's always a concern of lifestyle, but you really have to ask yourself, this isn't a, this isn't a question that I can answer for anybody, but how bad do you want it? Do you want it bad enough where you're willing to take a call until seven o'clock? If you want to make more money, it's, it's, it's kind of about like, you know, <laughs> are you willing to, uh, what's, what's the scarier demon to face your spouse who's going to be yelling at you for making dinner late or, um, you know, the per the vendor that you owe money on for you know not closing up clients. Right. So it's, it's up to you ultimately. And for the people that are extra, extra hungry, um, we've actually seen fantastic results for people to get keeping either a Saturday or Sunday open. Again, it doesn't have to be the whole day, but with the stuff that your clients have going in on their own lives, the more convenience that you have, the more people you're going to be able to see. Next thing is that we make sure that there are certain things that the ISAs will never speak about. And this is you know pretty obvious stuff, but basically we need to make sure that they're not providing legal advice. Any situation where they have specific legal questions, we direct them to you know bring that up on their consultation. And then also, this is super important, not having pricing information on the call. There are very specific ways that are objections that we can have handle. And um, I got to see if this might be something that we should record another podcast on, but um, you should never be giving pricing info out on a call. And this basically puts you in the best position to close them on the actual consultation, which is ultimately what we want to do. So anyway, kind of like overall results from what we've seen from this program. And again, this has been, uh, we, we, we recently kicked it out of beta, but we kicked this off basically in November of 2020. So at the time of this recording, it's been the mix for about two or three months. 
But we've seen that a good ISA is probably a 10 times improvement on somebody who's totally green or some sort of a you know shared third-party services, right? Reasonably, we're expecting at least one consultation booked per day, which you know will back out to about five consultations booked per week, which is on a on a you know pretty modest lead volume. And we're not talking about a hundred inbound calls or a ten thousand dollar AdWords budget here. For the most part, the standard of the the people that are getting those results is anywhere from you know ten to twenty realistic leads to call on a, on a weekly basis from a budget on Facebook of about 20 bucks. But again, if you think about it, as long as your consultation process is dialed in five consultations per week, if you have a you know reasonably good close rate, that could be another two or three close clients per week. Multiply that by whatever you charge for an average client. And this has actually been a really, really successful program for the clients that we've implemented this for. So um, basically, I hope that was helpful. If you are considering hiring somebody to take care of the appointment setting position for yourself, I would you know, give this podcast a re-listen and think about those concerns. If you want us to do the ISA for you, I have bad news. We probably won't. <laughs> so we're not actually offering this as a service. So the only people that we're offering this to currently are people that are already in our program for estate planning attorneys, which we call Seminar 2.0. So I will include a note in the show notes for how to apply for that. If you are interested, again, I'm sorry if you don't happen to be an estate or elder planning attorney. It's not something that we do for any other uh, practice areas at this moment. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the easy button if you do happen to fit the bill for that. So um, anyways, uh, that is it. Notes on hiring an ISA team. And I will be with you next week, Tuesday, 8 a.m. on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.